Hello, and welcome to the first part of the Quarantine the Past End of Year special. My name's David Coleman, and I'm joined by the usual crew of Juan Rodriguez, Gabby Nirenberg, and Joe Rivers. Now, before we kick things off, I just want to give you a brief explainer of what Quarantine the Past is all about. We're a new music podcast from the people behind NoRipCord.com. We understand how hard it is to keep up with all the new music that keeps coming. Uh, We are not going to pretend to know everything and have heard everything ourselves. And we're not going to judge you for having blind spots either. What we are going to do is do the hard work for you. We're going to listen to as much new music as possible. And we're going to pick out the very best of the best. And that's what this episode's about, really. We're going to be recommending a stream of selections from the second half of 2022. And as you're about to find out, there's an awful lot to recommend. So the first record uh, that we're going to discuss on this uh, end of year special is Easy Listening by Second Grade. It's an album that is featuring on my end of your list. We gave it a little shout out in the Always Special as one of the better power pop records of the year. And knowing how much Gabby and Joe love power pop, I just thought I have to share this with them and see what they think. So I think we have some thoughts from the group. Uh, who wants to kick us off on second grade? Don't all fight at once. Come on, guys. I'm expecting Juan to jump in because he's the, no. the other power pop. He's aficionado. the professor of power pop, indeed. I, well, that's the reason why I wanted to go after, just because I, it'd be too predictable, right? Uh, no, look, I like this record a lot. I'm not sure if it's going to make my top 20 like you, David, just because there's just a high volume of records that came out this year. Um, and I'm not, and I think we're both in agreement that it's not a, necessarily a innovative record but it definitely stays in that direction of what our sweet spot is in terms of what power pop we both like. It has a lot of 80s references from multiple bands, late 70s too, not just Big Star. A lot of the songs also have a little bit of uh, 90s kick to it, right? Like the grungier power pop, you know, and the sweet yet grungy, like Fountains of Wayne kind of sound too. Uh, Yeah, I really like it. It's like... Short, pithy, gets to the point. Yeah, it's uh, it is. It's like a tour of power pop, isn't it? For me, um, covers the whole yeah. spectrum. Joe, I know you love your power pop as well. Well, I I had Founders of Rain on my list as well. I really like this record. I was really surprised. Um, it's just really charming. You just kind of get swept along with it. I could almost like as I was listening to it, I was almost imagining they've all got like bop top haircuts and they're kind of shaking their hair and like <laughs> as they as they play it, they're just like they're harmonizing and smiling at each other and kind of jumping up and down as they do. It just got this, it was almost like reminding me of um, something like from that film, um, that thing you do, <laughs> like um, where there's that, that band called The Wonders. Although that's, although actually, I think that song written by Adam Schlesing. Yeah, I think that song's written by Adam Schlesing at the Phantoms of Wayne. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and um, no, I I really like this. Yeah, all the, all the reference points. I've even got like early Beatles or the Monkeys in there as well. Um, 
but, but yeah no, it's that, just that's... it's just charming that's the roots of the the genre isn't it right there so gabby did you were you charmed I, yeah i was very so i initially was very neutral on it and i, I mean i was kind of listening to it in the background because we've been listening to so much stuff um and by the time it hit kramer in la i was like well this is a delightful track and it just reminded me of simon and garfunkel like a sort of like sweeping americana sort of track and then i started paying attention more and i started hearing like uh rolling stones kind of like there's i think a song is called teenage overpopulation and yeah, it sounds like ruby tuesday to me um like that's all i could hear in the background and it just i don't know like there's all this like um i mean very obvious like repetition of themes of like teenage dumb and like surf like it's like guided by voices does the beach boys and i'm so into it it's just so it's so charming but i hear every influence that everyone has touched on mm. as well so it's it also makes me question whether i fully understand the definition of power pop because i didn't <laughs> expect all of these references and i did not expect joe to like this at all i didn't so there's that joe to like this either <laughs> Um, but I do. Um, yeah, but I think I agree with Juan in that it's not doing anything new at all. Like we're, it's even more than most records we have listened to on this podcast, where we still have a tendency to like pick through the references. But this really is a lot of this is just the references. But at the end of the day, it's just such an enjoyable record that I don't think that matters. I doubt this would be number one on anyone's list just because there isn't really anything innovative. But it's just a really fun, fun tight record. Yeah. Dave, I think this is one of the ones that did earn a place on my list somewhere. Oh. I'm not sure where, but thank you for that. <laughs> well, that is, yeah, it's always um, always fun, isn't it? Because they're from Philly, right? Aren't they? They're from well? Philly, yes. Yeah. So, um, it, like, and I think you have one of your picks that we're going to discuss much later on, um, uh, their record labels based in Sheffield. So we're kind of sending each other new hometown favorites to, to check out, which is yeah. fun. But yeah, I'm really glad everyone liked that. That is a, a positive start. And I'm sure we're all going to agree on it everything else we discussed. <laughs> it won't last at all. I so promise. Beth Orton is next. So we, yeah. we reviewed, Juan, you reviewed this for the website and um, I know you were, you were really, you had some really, really uh, positive things to say about it. It was, um, was I believe the hype pick, I believe, and yeah. um, not something I was expecting to to see get that coveted tag. So do you want to tell us a little bit about why you, why you picked this one? I think I know the reason why, because who would expect Beth Wharton uh, this late into her career? It's kind of like considered her late career, quote unquote, important record, right? Like it's a, a renaissance, if you will. Like she's been very consistent, though, don't get me wrong. And um, and she's married to Sam Amidon, too. Um, I'm not sure if any of you heard of him, but he he's also mm -hmm. like a folk artist. They very much complement each other. So I think... Uh, I think his ideas kind of, I've heard how his ideas in his records, I hear a lot of her and I hear a lot of uh, him and her records too now. 
but I think what makes it special is just that it does sound more dis more distinguishable than her like early 2000s, which I actually like. I've always liked Beth Wharton as a singer songwriter uh, from the UK. Uh, if, if you aren't unfamiliar with her work, um, it's more of a mood piece, right? It's like mm -hmm. a more, more steady, more contemplative. It deals with issues like climate change and how do you how do you deal with the reckoning of it at the same time? And, and it's personal in some ways too. It has some marriage themes and there are two marital themes. And, uh, but it does sound more forceful. And, and again, I, I kind of equate like kind of Nick, Nick Cave's kind of like late career kind of point where his, he's very much celebrated now, uh, even compared to like his period in the 90s and so. So yeah, it's, 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 it's not the type of record that will like impress you. Like you need to listen to it a few times, let it kind of, you know, simmer, but it is very impactful. So. Yeah, I think probably the reason um, the, you know, it's not a record that you should probably try to consume in a week <laughs> when you're trying to listen to about 40 other records to decide what should go on your end of your list. It's something you've got to make a bit of time for. Um, and I listened to it one time through and and thought, okay, it's quite pretty. It's quite, it's quite gentle. It's quite interesting. Um, but just sort of left it at that. Um, and then I did make a little bit of time just to go back and think, well, if I missed something here, and I felt like I had actually, it, it does sort of open up slowly. And um, I think there's always something really fascinating about when an artist that you'd you think you'd heard everything from and that they were just quieting down and easing off um, into, into kind of, you know, very much a sort of cult status comes out with a record that makes you wake up and think, wow, I've been sleeping on Beth Orton. And I, I think that's how I felt about this. I haven't heard anything she's done in the last 15 years or something, I reckon. So yeah. um, I really enjoyed it, actually. But it, it definitely is a, is a slow burner. For sure. Um, and I think probably a bit of too much of a slow burner for you guys to make much of an impression on you guys um, at short notice. Yeah, I think... Um... I think if I'd have heard this maybe earlier in the year, I might have something more to say about it, but my notes on this say this is very Beth Orton-y. Um, I don't... Um, which, well, do expand, know. Joe. That's it. That sounds... <laughs> so, have you heard Beth Orton records before? No. Um, no, I think I'm like you, Dave. I've not heard anything really from her for, for years. Um, and I remember, like, late 90s, early 2000s was her sort of critical peak, at least. I think she might have even got a Mercury yeah. nomination around that time mm -hmm. as well, potentially. Um, and not, not sort of knowing too much, I didn't really appreciate the fact that all the stuff you're saying about how this is a bit more of a late career renaissance and how um how it does actually do something new so um i didn't dislike it i just found it quite difficult to sort of latch on to latch on to it but i can see how it would kind of i can see how it would open up over time i just haven't got to that point yet mm. i think okay well from beth orton to the beths now did you like that did you like that that was Seamless. Quite the segue. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> seamless. That's why I picked the best. Hours of phrases I've memorized, thousands of lines on the page, all of my notes in a desolate pile I haven't touched in an age. And I can put the evidence, but I can't. 
this is this is my pick and um a very again sim similar to um second grade actually something that isn't really necessarily in my wheelhouse and i um i saw the Beths early on this year um in sydney and really really enjoyed them really enjoyed the energy um yeah just a really sort of good experience just again again similar to second grade you kind of get really swept up in it and this is um yeah this record it's just really really melodic it just really shines through lots of kind of chiming melodies good three minute pop songs they kind of really race along it's like they're almost in a lot of cases just kind of enjoying it so much they're kind of racing to the end of the song um and again going back to what i said about second grade this doesn't necessarily do anything new it's not even necessarily an evolution from their previous record which i think gabby you've actually said you prefer their previous one to this and it was you that kind of put me onto them in the first place but um yeah i just this is a record that came out a few months ago and i just keep i just keep coming back to it it's just a really good kind of pick me up it's just when you aren't sure what to listen to it will it will never let you down basically I, I mean, I agree. I, this is one where I definitely did clock it as power pop because it sounds like the new pornographers. It's like, which isn't something that, like the Beths do not sound like the new pornographers typically. This is just a much more power pop heavy, much more radio ready album on the whole, in my opinion. Um, not that I necessarily think or know whether they have like broken through to charting in any way I, I assume they have not um but they potentially could like this is such a such an energetic and cohesive record compared to some of their older stuff which i admittedly prefer um but there's some very like tight tracks on this record that i really enjoyed um but yeah, again, did not expect you to love this so much, Joe. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's been it's been quite a quite a week of uh, revelation to me. But, but um, mentioning about charting, I don't know about elsewhere in the world, but they are they're from New Zealand, and this album actually went to number one in New Zealand, which I was oh, quite pleased good. to see. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how the I saw them in Sydney in a relatively small-ish venue, but you know if they're going to have broken out anywhere else it's going to be australia so i don't know how right. they've um, how they kind of chart or how what the kind of size of venues that they're playing in in other parts of the world yeah i guess the only thing i want to add and i agree that i i tend to like jump rope like jump rope glazers more but it's it's still really a good record i i, I don't know why i like the other one more probably this one is a little bit more on the mid-tempo side but i would say that this is like my ideal definition of what punk pop should sound like. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and for those, for those of us who are like nostalgic for like stuff like the Muffs and, and you know, like a band that reminds me a lot of uh, the Bats too. Um, but go for lyrics. The lyrical content with the Bats never disappoints. And I think that's always the highlight more than They're very clever. the music itself. Absolutely. Great songwriters. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I, I wasn't really um, well-versed with their back catalogue. And um, so I don't really have anything to measure it by, but I kind of jotted down mid-tempo and and quite, you know, it's it's really satisfying and pleasant, but not mind-blowingly. So it kind of felt like, you know, like a, a good, solid, good, solid record, but probably not something that I uh, would feature on my end of year. Um, but 
I appreciate that's with like a week's notice and I'm going to give it a, a bit more respect than that. Um, okay, so uh, I think we're sticking with you, Joe, for the next pick. You've gone for something. Yeah. There's some some obscure artists from, from England. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Um, ha Harry Stiles? Stiles. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, maybe some sort of um, South American influence there. I have picked the, um, the Harry Styles record, and I think this is, um, I like this record a lot, but I, I think it, is, it confuses me more than any other record I've heard this year, because I like this record, and I think I like it more than he does, um, because he seems incredibly bored throughout all of this record, and it's a really strange one, and it's just all kind of sheen and surface. There's lots of, um, like, 80s references, is, um, it's a bit new pop, um it's synth pop there's even sort of i guess like asian city pop a little bit in there um it's a little bit of sort of dips into soul but um a little kind of a deadened version of soul really but um it's such a weird kind of genre for a really big star to go into um because it's just very kind of untrendy it doesn't kind of match with anything that's going on in pop music really you know there's not really features which is again collaborations are obviously a huge part of pop music at the moment and it's just i just can't work it out i mean and the, the thing that makes me really think that he's just not even bothered or into this i mean one <laughs> direction were always kind of good at having very non-specific compliments to girls in their song so you could kind of project what you wanted on there and this song has got like lines like you know we're doing late night talking about anything you want like there's just no there's the lack of specific specific specificness can't say that word good <laughs> podcast um is alarming and the thing that i really um picked up on the thing that just almost made me laugh out loud the first time i heard it the first track is called music for a sushi restaurant which makes it already sound like just you know wallpaper lift music or something and then one of the lines it actually says music for a sushi restaurant music for whatever you want scuba dooby dooby doo i mean that's just <laughs> like the most i can't be bothered i don't care about this and i'm just wondering if this whole thing is like some kind of dada art piece <laughs> that is just meant to confuse us and he's laughing at all of us and and he's he's got me because i like this i don't i don't care that all the saxophones and brass sound like it was played by a computer i it's just something about this that really kind of draws me in um i know Juan, you had the the pleasure of um, seeing him, and I assume it was a very small um, small venue. Absolutely, there were only eighteen thousand people, and he's doing a residency with multiple dates. So yeah, so very in, very there. intimate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although I I do share one observation that I agree with you about the enthusiasm, because even when I saw Harry Styles live, I mean, I'll be honest, I like this record too, and I think. It is a very strange pop record compared to a lot of what's going on right now, but I do share that sentiment that even when he was like bouncing around and singing the songs and um, you don't really go for the voice, you don't, you don't really hear to, because there were so many people singing that they knew all the songs, so it's like, it's almost moot, you know, you're there for the experience and the people who were like doing choreographed dancing while he was performing and it, it was a very wholesome kind of crowd, but at the same time, 
he has a really good band behind him too. I know that he writes the songs with these two collaborators, right? But it sounded really nice. And 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 he even brought Ben Harper. He's been like the opening act. And I think he helped him to write Boyfriends too, which uh, is like one of the more intimate songs in the record. But yeah, this song kind of, I mean, this album kind of surprised me. I went with no expectations and thanks for, to a family member. I've, I've kind of been sort of indoctrinated to, to, to like it, but I genuinely <laughs> like a lot of the songs. I like Matilda a lot. I like uh, Keep Driving too. Those are two really good songs. And yeah, I, it's, and if you want to watch Harry live, I recommend him. Pretty good show. So. Can I ask Juan, did he, did he play Watermelon Sugar? Because I know you love that one. Oh, absolutely. He did. Of course he was. <laughs> it's without a doubt. So. That's all I wanted to did ask. He, did, he, um, did he take someone's phone and speak to their boyfriend? Because I've, I've heard that's what he does on all his um, shows. He basically like, he, will steal the phone off someone in the front row. And phone he didn't there. do that. He didn't do that, but he did a he did a gender reveal, and he also did uh, yeah, and he also like made a comment about somebody who had a cardboard that said like, my girlfriend made me camp outside for a week, you know, and he was kind of making fun of it. Like again, like the, the guy's so likable, and that's the thing. He's such a charmer at the same time that you just can't hate him. You know, he's he's a showman in that sense. Like like he knows he has like really good emotional intelligence apparently because you know you can't hate him. <laughs> so. so assume gender reveals is he also like available for bar mitzvahs, presumably quinceañeras, just all this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Just just look him up. Yep. Gabby, did you have um, thoughts? I I mean I'm not sure that I can fairly assess just because I feel like the TikTok oversaturation is so intense. Like if I hear that like main leitmotif from As She Was again, I may snap. So I just can't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at the same time, Keep Driving is so, I, I think that today might be the first time I ever heard that song. Like I really finally sat down and listened to the whole album and it's so good. Like what, what a song, but it must not be uh, going viral on TikTok. So thank no. goodness. Yeah. Um, but so many of the others are, and it just like triggers something mentally like, oh, I mean, that's a whole other discussion, right? Like how TikTok virality is either ruining music or making it better I don't know like different discussion but I'm not sure that I can assess it fairly because of that because that's not I was gonna say it's not his fault perhaps it is unclear it's mm. probably by design to some extent it certainly is for a lot of artists but mm. I don't know it, it makes me want to abstain from <laughs> giving my from opinions life. yes from or from life <laughs> although I have now given my opinion i guess but keep driving an excellent song yeah i i enjoyed this too actually i i did i think much like juan i kind of promote um approached it in a fairly curmudgeonly kind of way um and ended up kind of being pleasantly surprised i think um you know i don't think he's in any danger of being the kind of the next scott walker um but he's certainly kind of better than Robbie Williams I think in terms of the the boy band that's quite credible artist yeah exactly that is there's oh, a lot of ground in between there but he's he's not Scott Walker but you know who knows maybe one day maybe maybe he will be um I should also I should also apologize but I um completely snuck this in under the brief because this is supposed to be albums from the second half of the year and I think this came out in May but I didn't hear it until like 
August. So yeah, I mean, it was um, it was yeah. noted, but we're not going to hold it against <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, let's let's give Gabby a turn to talk about something <laughs> something that she actually <laughs> likes. Um, you, you, one of the picks that you uh, made was Jockstrap, which was something I've been he hearing a lot about, but hadn't actually sat down to listen to. So tell us about Jockstrap. So this is an interesting one because I I don't know I can't 100% say I like it I just think it's incredibly interesting and I would be remiss not to throw it on to uh, like a, a recommendation list because it's it would be wild for folks not to listen to it um, I went into this blind like this is not what I expected a group called Jockstrap to <laughs> sound like. Um, <laughs> And it's, I don't even know how to classify it. Like these are a couple of like super young musicians who have, I think played with like the XX and like Kendrick Lamar. And like, I don't know, I don't know how to break them up. Um, I think that the woman is like part of Black Country New Road if I'm not mistaken. Um, but regardless, like super talented and playing this like weird trippy mix of trip hop and noise and like I I like strange orchestral ballads like I, I have no idea how to classify this um it's very jarring it's very textured um and on the one hand it's brilliant on the other hand it's like chaotic kitchen sink energy and I'm not sure if it is actually incredible or awful, but either way, it's kind of, it's just so different from everything coming out right now that I thought it was well worth uh, like a, an exploration. It was something I'd heard a lot uh, about and it seemed to be popping up on, on quite a lot of people's recommendations. And I had this preconception of what it was going to sound like. I don't know if that's what you were kind of alluding to as well, but I was expecting something kind of louder and punkier yes. and, a, a, and a bit dancey and just quite chaotic. And it was much quieter. Um, yeah, I mean, it is and, dancey in in parts, for sure. Yeah. But then suddenly, it's very soothing and quiet. Yeah, I, I, I really, um, I really loved it. In fact, I, I think this is probably out of all the picks, the one that is probably going to find a place in my top 10. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just really, really pulled me in. And, and interestingly, um you, the the vocalist is is part of black country new road and that's a record that i've kind of just become a little bit uh disillusioned in really i've just when i listen to it now it just doesn't really it just feels a bit pedestrian and it doesn't quite charm me as much as it did initially um but that's a band you really like generally speaking right yeah i really enjoyed the the record and i was talking about it six months ago saying how great it was and, and right. it just doesn't sound that great to me now but this really does and i think this is definitely the more interesting more innovative record um i just really really enjoyed it um and it's still quite new i haven't got that much else to say but it's 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 top 10 top 10 of the year stuff for me so it's interesting. I think on the um, the podcast that Dave, you and Lauren did, the, the Always Special, which is still available on all the podcasting platforms, um, you mentioned that 
one of the things you really liked about that record was the the variation in it, that records these days often tend to just kind of like set a mood and stay with it. And the always record kind of doesn't do that and has a lot more kind of variation. And then I think this is the like extreme version of that because it's almost like every song sounds like it could be from a different record. Mm. And a couple of times I was listening to it and on a couple of the tracks, it didn't kind of like grab my attention quite as much and I'd be doing something else and I'd kind of drift out. And then when my interest would be peaked again, I'd be kind of like, hang on, is this, has, has like has Spotify done something? Am I still on the same record? And yeah. so very difficult. I think, I mean, you need to listen to it a lot, I think, to really find that cohesion. Um, I'm not saying that it, it's not there, but at the moment it sounds very much like a sort of grab bag of just different tracks from different genres. I also was not expecting it to sound like this, but then halfway through I realised it's because I have got the band's jockstrap and bicep confused with one another, <laughs> and they're very different. Um, so just, you know, I don't know, body parts mm. slash there's, items to cover body there's parts. A good, um, there's a but, good distance yeah. between the jockstrap and the bicep generally. I mean... It, Hopefully. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. <laughs> um, but yeah, without getting too much into that, I think no, I, I did. I did. Sorry. I did enjoy this. But it needs. It needs. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Doctor Dave, for um, <laughs> explaining how far apart body parts are from one another. See, this is educational. This podcast, as yep. well as not just about music. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it needs more of my attention. The record. Yeah. Did you yeah. have any any thoughts, Juan, on this one? No, one one's a, a, a blank canvas. Um, well, let's let's give you something to talk about that you do uh, do have some opinions on. Then uh, your um, next pick was again. It's like a band that I didn't expect to hear about again. Um, the Mars Volta, like coming back from the dead with a with like a crazy new sound. It's it's such a a left field move and, and a, a really interesting record. Yeah, and I I do want to give. I mean, I do want to mention this disclaimer. I'm I'm not even a Mars Volta fan. Like, I mean, yes, when I was in high school ish college, I went crazy when the last uh, when the Comortorium came out. Saw them live. It was uh, one of the most energetic uh, shows that I've seen ever. <laughs> um, and I think I, I even their second one, Francis the Meat, was okay. But after that, they kind of lost me when they got in a more proggier direction, which kind of tends to lose me. But I think this one really surprised me because it's their quote-unquote pop record. And, <laughs> and and the weird thing is that even, even if it's a little bit, you know, abstruse and there's not a lot of necessarily lyrical cohesion, I... I do know the background in, in the sense that both of the two band members had uh, some personal issues in their lives that they were dealing with. And I can see a lot of that resonating in the record. And I think that's why the more subdued nature of the new one um, tends to happen. Like, again, there's some recurring motifs. There's still a lot of like Latin rhythms that you can hear even from the beginning of their sound but they are experimenting, but in a way that they're not necessarily, you know, this boisterous band that everyone kind of remembers them for. And mm. it's, a, it's a very, it's a very introspective record. It also has some little new wave tinges and some of my favorite songs on there too. Um, 
but yeah, I'd recommend you, uh, I'd recommend anyone giving this one a listen, at least. Um, it may be, even, even if they're shorter songs, because they're pretty much three or four minute songs, I can maybe see the album dragging for a lot, of, for some people, because there is a certain uh, uniformity to the songs, but I think that works to its advantage, not to its detriment. but you have to give it more time, I think. Mm. I was never a huge Mars, Mars Volta fan. I, I liked that the drive-in, and I don't think I ever forgave them for splitting up about a week before I was supposed to see them live. Um, and then I never really got into that proggy kind of stuff. Um, but it, I, I like this new direction. It reminds me a bit of another early 2000s band that I really liked called The Forms. I don't know if anyone remembers them. They were kind of like math rock um Steve Albini produced band um really cool and they came back last year with a couple of singles that also had this kind of pop uh slightly new wavy kind of vibe to it um but still with the kind of complex guitars and that kind of um foundation and and it reminded me a lot of that really um I I liked it It was great yeah Joe pop it's pop so I know, I know, and weirdly, so I'm I'm with Juan in that um, I I liked them uh, around Delos in the Comitorium. I quite liked Francis the Mute. Um, I've I've seen them a, a couple of times. I think if um, if you know people ask me to define optimism, I often think of the um, the guy who, when I saw the Mars, Mars Volta, was at the front playing the flute without a microphone, I think, <laughs> trying to make himself heard in amongst everything that was going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah by rights this should definitely tick all the boxes and I should have hated them and I should now really like this but I I did used to like their their early earlier stuff and I think as a result I kind of feel like they've sort of smoothed that off what made them different and what made them interesting as a result of this um I think because they aren't used to sort of being constrained by this format and don't get me wrong I think the three minute pop song is the highest form of art in all mediums not just music um but I think because they're not kind of practiced in this I think like Juan said it can be a little bit monotonous almost which again I know you didn't use that word exactly but that's definitely not a criticism you can normally put towards the towards the Mars Volta and because they're not used to doing that um they've almost kind of gone oh okay pop music a three minute song means that we don't have these kind of dramatic arcs and peaks and troughs and that kind of thing and as a result they've almost gone too far the other way i think so there's it's it's interesting in that what they've decided to do and how they've gone about it is interesting but as a record it didn't kind of grab me but having said that um i'm glad you brought it up because i would have just seen oh the mars Volta have got a new album out and thought well next you know that's interesting mm-hmm. or is it um yeah. interesting thing about it as well is that it's self-titled and when a band releases a self-titled album that isn't their debut there's normally a story behind that and like you say the fact that they have really paired it back instead of me going through some things in their personal lives yeah. maybe they're kind of seeing this as a bit of a, a rebirth and a starting again so maybe this is just maybe from now on this is this is it maybe they are going to be just like you know going viral on tiktok pumping out the three minute pop songs um you know, doing doing pop videos on you know in Malibu and that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what's going to happen. Just the beginning. That's it's coming. Yeah, just the, the beginning. The yeah. Harry the Harry Styles collaboration perhaps could happen. Could be <laughs> I a mean, thing. that I would listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. So, um, you know, kick, let's kick it up a notch. Um, Martin Courtney. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even a huge real estate fan, but I really, really like this record. Um, Juan was so, he was so positive about it and he really, he kept mentioning it and I kind of felt like, oh, I'm just going to have to listen to it just to kind of appease him really. Um, and without even being a huge real estate fan, I think this is like my favorite real estate album really. It's just, it's really lovely. Um, and there's not much more to say about it. It's got, it's got a little bits of slide guitar and it's got a bit of jangle and it's just, it just sometimes that's all you need isn't it Juan it's yes I know that it, it's not necessarily novel in, in the realm of real estate or Martin Courtney there's a lot of themes about suburbia right and just uh, uh and, and just like recollections of youth and um grow you know and growing up to an extent but uh I, I think this was my driving record of 2022 and if you live in Los Angeles, it kind of has this sparkle and sheen in terms of just like like you said, like the like the guitar tonality is very like it, it kind of reminds me of like seeing mountainous landscapes, you know, and driving around PCH. And it has like that kind of like cosmic kind of Americana sounds that I, I really appreciate. <laughs> and uh and yeah, it, it can be a little you know, unassuming, but I think that's kind of what I like about it too and what makes it what makes it special. I, I think I don't necessarily sometimes look for innovation, but I feel if I would if I would write jangly songs like these, I would write them like this because I, I just really love the tonality that he's using and the chord arrangements. And you know, I don't want to get too, you know, into the weeds with that stuff, but it's it's just the kind of songwriting that I that I appreciate. It's my comfort zone in a lot yeah. of ways. But I but I I think he's doing little innovations here or there. It's not you know it's not gonna like do anything. It's not gonna you know do anything different or that people are expecting to do anything just like real estate, right? Like what else can they maybe say to an extent that they haven't said before? But I. I think it's a state of mind kind of record, you know, it's kind of like going to a, a if you know the band Woods, it's kind of like going to a, a Woods kind of festival where a lot of the bands are kind of folky, but you know, there's also a little bit of psychedelia and a lot of these other elements to the to the form. So yeah, that's what I like about it. <laughs> so Juan, can I, yeah. can I start my first, my first bit of drama of this episode? <laughs> Um, so bye, you just explained. Bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so you just explained beautifully why this is the good record. Yeah. But why, why does that make it one of the best records of this year? Why does it belong? On that's a good question. An end that's, of year list. Because I thought, by the way, I thought this was a very pleasant record. I have no qualms with it. I do not understand why it's one of the best records of the year, like at all. So he, that's Explain. a great question. I've so I've I've kind of through the years I've kind of given up on this idea that I feel like twenty best records has to necessarily mean that they have to be like these. Uh, I, I feel like there's always the element of fifty percent what's in the zeitgeist, right? And fifty percent you appreciate it and you like it. And when records weirdly deeply touch me, even if it 
I, I feel like it's a very personal choice and I and I feel like I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't be honest with myself if I wouldn't put it in a top 20 because it's the album that I heard the most this year. And I know that, I know that there's some criteria sometimes that we arbitrary kind of criteria that we put to these things. And, and you're totally right. Like you should take the, that into account as well. Like does it move any mountains too, right? But at the same time, I think if you have 20 picks, you can always like inject a little bit of, you know, this is my personal choice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I'll add as well. I think it's such a crowded space, the kind of the singer songwriter with the acoustic yeah. guitar and the, and the arrangements and, and that sort of pastoral folky country tinged vibe. So many people are doing it. Um, and so many people are doing it pretty well and making pretty pleasant records, but I think this this cut through for me more than so many other ones that I heard and forgot about. This this resonated and, and stayed, um, and it, it did with Juan too. So there must be something about it, right? I, I, or we're just the we're just the kind of sad bastards that really <laughs> like this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we've now we've nailed it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well. First off, good good attempt at trying to start the fight, Gabby. I'm not sure that went quite as it wasn't quite as not creating. I'm, I mean, I'm still that trying to be for. nice. Yeah, it's coming. Oh, That's just fun. the the first blow. I think. Okay, yeah, 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 I need yeah. more whiskey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I think. Oh, is that what's in that mug? Um, yeah. So I this was the kind of thing that I would again it was going to be passing by. I think it was perfectly pleasant, but it was almost so like of its genre like if it, if it was just a record that was like a little bit singer songwriter songwritery or a little bit jamie i'd probably think this is fine but it just kind of really went to the nth degree with that it really kind of put all its eggs in one basket and you know i, I would say turned up to 11 but that doesn't really seem like a very good um <laughs> phrase to use for a record that's quite so sunshiny turned it up to six but um yeah turned it up to <laughs> all the way to six <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really turned it up to six. Oh my god! Yeah, um, but it is almost like it's almost like the the platonic ideal of this kind of record, and it's just so sort of sweet sounding and a little bit twee as well. And it really right. reminds the first thing I did after listening to this is go back and put some um, Gorky's Psychotic Monkey on because oh, yeah. it's just that kind of really, really just everything is kind of <laughs> sunshine and rainbows. Everything's fine with the world. <laughs> Don't worry about the big bad world out there. Just stay indoors and listen to this lovely record, um, which you know it's, we need. We need some of. I think we certainly do. I I should add that I didn't pick this record to talk about, by the way. So all personal observations you can True. bring Dave them over. This. Yeah, yeah. I picked, it was I picked Dave's it. fault. It's his fault. It's all me. <laughs> I'll take it on the chin. But in fairness, I I, I discovered this because you were. Um, you were sort of dropping subliminal messages all year, I think. I, I was. Yeah, maybe. you were. It was <laughs> anyway, my summer I, record. I yeah. stand by it. It's a great record. And even though it's horribly cold and rainy and dreary, it still sounds like a great record. So, yeah, your loss. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, Gabby, okay. why don't we... Uh, I move to an album that I like and everyone yeah, else Yeah, <laughs> and we'll, we'll switch things <laughs> around a little it. bit and let's see how that goes. So this is uh, Muna. Uh, the I record abstain? was called <laughs> Muna. Do you want to tell us about that? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
Can I rephrase uh, that? Tell us about that. Fine. Um, so this, this is a record that is very synth poppy by a, I think it's a trio of young queer folks who, in my view, make incredibly fun music, um, kind of in the vein of maybe Tegan and Sarah, um, but also kind of like if Tegan and Sarah played Paul Abdul covers. <laughs> um, but it's also very like punchy and um, optimistic and we're playing an 80s prom and we're doing like uh, super optimistic, well, I guess, or also potentially quite horny um, movie sound, teenage movie soundtracks. And it kind of spans everything from, um, I mean, it does stay on a theme, but it spans like the eighties to the nineties. Like there's kind of some elements of like Sixpence on the Richer and like, um, even the Dixie Chicks, I want to say, on one track. Um, and it goes to like some serious Y2K sounds as well. So it's just like very up and energetic and everything that Juan and Dave dislike. Um, but Joe loves, <laughs> but mm. also didn't have that so, much to say about this. So we dislike fun. Yeah, yeah. Joe dislike fun, hates this. Yeah. Although interestingly, yeah. so there is one track on this that I think was like the standout. Um, I think so these, uh, these guys are on Phoebe Bridger's record label and she um, either co-wrote or produced or something like that, their first track. And that to me, it's their least interesting track, but it's good. But I think that's the one that everyone like universally loves the most. So, but I am a horrible monster who doesn't like Phoebe Bridgers. So, but Juan more on does. that, so more Juan, on that later. Um, Juan does, but it's not. Yeah. It doesn't sound. Juan's like, like a that. super fan, but but we won't. He Come just on, need to yeah. tell us it. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about Phoebe Bridgers and my dislike for her later in the program. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, um, Juan's tuning yeah. in for that. Right, Joe, tell yeah. us about this. Let's, <laughs> let's sidestep like, that. I, I, I don't know. Can we go back to the idea of um, spiritually Juan being a sad 20-year-old girl? Because I quite enjoy that. It's very like entertaining. A, because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, it's funny because about... Um, so about two thirds of this record I think is really good and another third it's almost like they hadn't quite got enough ideas for a full length record and that's kind of where it goes into the more sort of pastiche mm -hmm. stuff um interestingly well maybe not interestingly but I found that the song that I liked the most was the Phoebe Bridges one yeah. which is the first track yeah. and it's it's kind of yeah. laugh out like yeah. funny with the um with the with some of the, the lyrics and the observations I really enjoyed that um and then also in my notes, it's quite funny. It said, well, that it says, my notes say, and at its worst, it somehow sounds like Sixpence None the Richer, which you basically <laughs> kind of put as like a, hey, it's great. Like, well, no, the I didn't. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, that, was, that was just an observation. I wasn't saying that yeah. was the high point. Um, yeah. Um, Is it because no, of the think... strumminess of the song? Mm -hmm. Is that why I didn't think about that? But you're right, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that was just I one think... of the examples of it sounding like a teen movie soundtrack. Yes. I don't necessarily I think, think that's, that's you know the a high like sophisticated point of the record by any by any stretch, <laughs> but it is charming. Mm, I think yeah, definitely I can see this you know with the this slew of kind of young adult style films and TV shows that are on Netflix and things. Mm. You know this is probably soundtracking all of them that that we're not even aware of, but 
Um, yeah, I think you've basically said um, <laughs> what I would kind of want to say. And I did, I did um, enjoy. It. I kind of want to go back to it more. I like more of this sort of thing in music in general. Would be good. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's fun. And I, I, unlike some people, I like fun. Yes, as do I. Odd when people I like fun like too. Guys. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't like fun? <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> well, let me introduce you to fun. Um, what we know, I think you're being scapegoated here. You like a bit of, you like a bit of pop. You like a bit of fun. I do like some fun. Yeah, fun. You know, fun. Did you like this kind of fun? <laughs> Where? Only some fun. Only some fun within um, set boundaries and only a limited moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just did, a little bit. How did you find this? Uh, you, you know what? I didn't hate it. I think, I think the songs that I I liked the most, if I remember, were the more countryish kind of. Was it Loose Garment, right? And Kind of Girl is another one that kind of has a more of a countryish kind of vibe. Country pop, I should say. Not like yeah, country. very country pop. Yeah. It was it never straight from pop. It never strays from it. And I think that's my issue with it. It sounds a little by the numbers for me at parts and it kind of loses me a, a little bit. <laughs> uh, like, like there's not, like I, I always feel like people use the word like hooks by default because like well, anything can be a hook, right? But I don't think the hooks are even that memorable. I, I didn't, I don't remember a single hook after I heard the record. <laughs> and that's that's I had interesting. To, like, yeah. I had to hear it a second time and then it started resonating a little bit more. So I will keep an open I will keep an open mind. Maybe I will love this record in 2023. So who knows? You know? Who knows? But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Dave, do you like fun? I I'm skeptical <laughs> about fun. I always think it's kind of, yeah. you know. What 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 are its motives? It's for kids. Yeah. What's, what's it all one? about? Yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't trust it. Don't trust yeah. it. Did I love this? Um, <laughs> I didn't love it, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was pretty. Good. You know, at its at its best, it was pretty pretty fun. Um, I thought it's a good thing. I I, I got that you, sort of. <laughs> I got that TV film kind of tie-in thing. Uh, I I jotted down in my notes if Dawson's Creek relaunched on Netflix yes. with a kind of a slightly a modern polish I thought this is the kind of thing that you might you might hear soundtracking it I'm sure many people think of this as like a big negative to describe a oh yeah group, I mean right I, I get oh, yeah. that yeah I kind of didn't I didn't but I I think it's fun it just feels um you know it feels like the spirit is there for you know, it's not taking itself oh, too serious. It's not taking you. itself yeah. too serious. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, if you I, don't like something. I fucking hated it. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I'm, jo I'm joking. I'm joking. I thought it was fine. Someone swore who wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. You talking about that record, Dave, was like sounded like you were a parent of a teenager who just come back with like a nose ring. <laughs> or, or like some sort of tattoo and you're just like well that's very well that's fun isn't it yeah. like, <laughs> not not my parenting style like the the right. the last the last sentence was probably what the response would be there so um no i, I <laughs> you swear i was swear openly at your children always um i love that i'm being a little bit mean i didn't hate it i i kind of liked it 
in parts. I don't think it's I think it's something I'm going to listen to in an album format, but in a single format, I think there was quite a lot to enjoy. So there you go. That's my fair, honest take on it. Okay. 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 Um, yes. Next. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> let, the drama is ratcheting up a little bit. We need to mm-hmm. take it down a right. notch. So, shy girl, Joe. You. So you, a nice, a nice. You know, shy retiring record. Um, yeah. Um, shy girl. So I think I really, really like this. This is the. I think of all the records I've chosen to talk about, this is the one that was the highest on my list. I think it's the kind of. Um, very sort of spacious nighttime R&B like, leans to UK garage this kind of music that I think uh, the UK and particularly London does really well and mm. um, all the all the touch points I wrote down for this just without even realizing at the time they're all London artists so I'd written like James Blake and the XX and Jamie Woon um, lots of stuff that sounds like it could be on the Hyperdub label so it's got all I mean, just those sort of artists probably give you an idea of what it sounds like, but then the kind of lyrical content of it is very, very different. It's um, it's kind of got a real sort of outward sexuality in terms of the kind of stuff that it doesn't really happen very much in British music because you know we just we just we just don't do that kind of thing in our music. <laughs> so it's kind of mm. like if um, it's not kind of as in your face as someone like Megan The Stallion or someone like that, but it is kind of expressing those same ideas but in a style of music which is just much more kind of subtle and the whole thing is just a lot less brash but still very very attention grabbing um and no i yeah it was just a real revelation to me this year i've had i'd heard the name quite a lot before because she's been quite hotly tipped for a while but this is the first time this year i'd really kind of um given her music the the real sort of time and attention and this yeah this is one of my favorite records of the year. I really, really love this. I just keep going back to it. I didn't look to like... Gabby next. Oh no, go to go to Juan. I was gonna say oh, I thought yeah. Gabby would love yeah. this, but we'll go with Juan next. Here's the th- here's the thing. This 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 of all the albums that I heard was the one that I dramatically came around to. Because when I heard it at first, I was like, God damn it, another fucking RB record with like the abrasive <laughs> textures and like the squelching synths. And it's like, you know, it's like trying to be experimental and it's like seriously like not another one of these like fka twigs but (laughs) now now i like it so much that it almost it's been like flirting in that like 20 like you know like may it may make my uh you know my top 20 i'm not sure yet i'm still wow i'm still listening to it yeah yeah definitely Flirting is definitely the yeah. worst record. What um, was in that beer I... one you were drinking? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I got one rolled up. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's just this kind of it's become like the like the new like you know rock guitars thing like every R&B record trying to be innovative trying to do like all this experimentation and and I feel like now I want something more conventional in a sense but um you new deck swing to come back it's fine we get it. Sure, that's fine. We can do it. Uh, no, no, but here's, but I actually listened to it. I mean, this was like a first impression that I got. And I actually heard like all like the really lush ambient kind of break beats. I like that a lot. It has a little bit of even reggaeton in some of the songs and they do it in a really tasteful way instead of just like being very abrasive about it. I mean, it even has like some uh, like 
it brings me back to some even like classic drum and bass in some parts too. Uh, I'm still trying to dig in a little bit into like the lyrical content. And I think this is why it may like push me on the edge of kind of listening to it because again, I always go for the music first. Um, but I'm really delighted that it, I, it really brought me back because I had my, I had this erroneous perception in my head. And that's why I kind of had like this, you know, like this impulsive, image about it and it was wrong and I was glad to be wrong and that's why I've really come around to it so thanks for letting me thanks for this recommendation and thanks for letting me like indulge in my my first impressions but yeah that was kind of like my comical way of just thinking about it at first so uh I came around to this as well but I never <laughs> I I actually always um I was certain this was going to go on my top 20, like when we first started making our lists. Um, and then it just kept getting pushed down by, there's just so much stuff, you guys. There's just so much mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but the more we listen to it um, in preparation for today, um, the more I liked it as well. I just never started out hating it. <laughs> um, I always enjoyed it. I just kind of thought on the in initial couple of listens that you know, this is enjoyable. This is definitely my thing, but it's a little flat. Um, like I, I got it. I thought, um, but now, yeah, I, I think it's a lot more than I gave it credit for initially. So it's slutty. It's funny. It's clever. There's, there's a lot more there. So there's a lot more kind of at the, that rounds out the record towards the end than like probably I was initially listening to just the top over and over um, and wasn't going through it all the way. So I think there's this one track Nike that like really stands out for me as well. Yeah, that's my favorite one as well. Yeah, that's a good one, I agree. I have it here on my list of songs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. I like it as well. I think it's um it's it's becoming a familiar sound, isn't it? The sort of the urban nighttime London right. you know, kind of R and B record. But this is a really good example of it. And um yeah, I I, I did enjoy it. Um right, I, my turn, my last pick, um Sudan archives. Um I came relatively late to this. I read Juan's review um, and it just sounded like an insane record. I just got a warm up on my plants and hoping that they'll thrive around the madness. Won't you step inside my lovely cottage? Feels so green, it feels like fucking magic. Only bad bitches in my trellis. It's got about a million different genres on. It's all over the spot. It's quite... <laughs> dense so many ideas and i think when i read the review i thought wow that sounds amazing but man i think i'm going to need to be in a particular frame of mind to listen to that record and it's maybe not a commuting to work record it's maybe not a, <laughs> it's definitely not a looking after the kids record um and i think joe you found it wasn't really a, a doing the sort of tidying up outside record i was well. i was i was sweeping leaves listening to this and my neighbors came out at a very inopportune moment lyrics wise yes yeah it does have that yes. kind of element of risk with it but it is it's super fun really really innovative you were talking about r&b innovative records this is like this is the standout and the one that goes the furthest this year it's it's got so much on there and when i heard it 
and um i think obviously juan and i really liked it i was just really surprised that it just had your name written all over it joe i thought it would be something you would absolutely lap up yeah. more than those yeah it should it, it should be it should be shouldn't it and i think there's just so much going on that um i still haven't quite found an in yet it's so dense maybe i'm just you know not in, not intelligent enough maybe i just like stuff just to be on the surface and a bit more obvious um because i love fun um but <laughs> Uh, I, I get a feeling that like this is a record that I can listen to and go, yep, this is my sort of thing. I will enjoy this, but I've not quite broken through it. And it, maybe mm. it needs like a couple, you know, a week where I listen to it five times, or a time where I just really just sit there with headphones and just kind of. It really, really does need that, Joe. Mm. Yeah, this one it's grown on me so yet. much, and I I even like noted to myself that this this one benefits from headphones a lot because it's so okay. layered. It's like I don't know. It's it builds, it's like, it's so cleverly, everything is so cleverly placed, like every beat, clap, it's like embroidered into the music. It's beautiful. And yet at mm -hmm. the same time, like there are these like intense, like evocative, yeah. explicit lyrics. So it's just, it's just kind of cheeky, um, but also oh. very, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's, it's brilliantly done. And there's always little pieces to discover musically um there is i think it's on topless um she plays on the violin it kind of sounds sitar like when she plays the violin on that track but there's like the melody from my favorite things that i notice that she's playing on that one and it's yeah. so delightful to notice that and i'm sure there's all kinds of little stuff like mm -hmm. that throughout like, like little throughout the like yes exactly so it really I'm benefits also, from like sitting with it. I'm also going to struggle to take this album seriously because of the thing that happened earlier this week where <laughs> we were messaging about records and autocorrect changed this to Susan Archives, which yes. I think is now in my head that is just the that's just her name now. That sounds <laughs> totally Archives. different. That's Maybe that's a kind of folky <laughs> kind of record, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's like librarian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely by a librarian. Yeah. Juan, you you reviewed it. It's still still up there for you. Absolutely. And for the if there's any no ripcord historians out there, um, I reviewed Sudan Archives' previous record, Athena. It's on record. Uh, so yeah, even if it's it's not such an unpredictable choice, um, I really, it's really her her version of autonomy and like reclaiming it because like her previous record was more of a it had a similar theme but it was like it had a more soulful cosmic tinge but it was also like already like more of a pop beats classical kind of album you know but and and while she retains like the female empowerment theme on this one i mean this one completely shatters the notion of of her classical upbringing and how and and you know it's a full-on pop and r&b record even if it has all these other <laughs> Uh, genres that are kind of interspersed and I and I think it's such an interesting natural and organic way of of her to just kind of take this this approach where she's not necessarily challenging other pop artists but she could be in the same field but maybe there's something a little bit more uh, brainier about her approach that maybe that's why it hasn't maybe resonated with other pop artists and again I could talk about the music itself for 
for leagues, but I, since a lot of you have already, I don't want to repeat that, but, you know, it's, I, I do have that interesting notion of why, you know, why she hasn't necessarily, like, had more attention in that pop realm when she's definitely writing songs that are challenging, you know, that notion. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know, just these things kind of uh, elude me sometimes, mm -hmm. but if you're looking for something that, you know, it's very about living in the moment, you know, an artist who is just embracing herself, embracing her sexuality, embracing all these, and, and, and doing it in a way that sometimes the music doesn't resonate sometimes when people talk about these things, but it does sound very freeing when you listen to it. And I think that's why I, I, I love about this record. See, we do like fun. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> that has to be difficult fun. You have to really difficult fun. earn your fun. You have to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, last pick for this uh, this part of the run through. Coming back to Juan, uh, why Bonnie? And uh, nineteen November, another record you reviewed because you're the only person that does any reviews out of the four of us. <laughs> oh my god. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing now. I'm kind of upset that we have to kind of like close it off with this one because I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about this one. But this is my definition of maybe what would have been your Martin Courtney, right? Like it, this is the record where it's like the folk rock record, right? And it's the one that kind of blends in with your choice. But I think if people give it a chance, it definitely is a very uh, I think they're really onto something here. I mean, uh, maybe upon first impression, it's just, you know, oh, this may be like a big thing knockoff or something. But I really love the 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 cosmic tinges that it mm. has to like really intricate guitar passages, but they're not very complex either. Like they really emphasize the songwriting as well. Uh, very vigorous performances, I think I, I, I had mentioned before. Uh, but yeah, this is my kind of thing, just kind of blending that rustic kind of, you know, Americana sound with, you know, a little bit of sass and distortion and, and uh, you know, some, some fey vocals here and there. Mm. But um, yeah, this is, this is my debut uh, of the year. I, I think they're on to like do very interesting things in the future. Um, so yeah, yeah, really like this record. I really liked it too. I, I, yeah. I mean, much the same same reasons as you. Really, I I heard a bit of um, to take a nineties reference. It reminded me a little bit of Cat Power, um, Moon Picks around that kind of era. I heard a little oh, bit yeah. of that. Um, I it's it's it, this is this is what I like. It's my sweet spot. It's um, yeah. It's satisfying. It's good. I I, I can't wait to hear more. But is it fun? Is it fun? Well, does it need to be fun? It's such a superficial <laughs> thing to chase. Can't it just be satisfying and wholesome and folky? A little bit of distortion on the guitars. Why, why, is it, why don't we have to bring fun into yeah. it? Why, why, why don't it be fun when it can be folky? <laughs> Did you find it fun, Gabby? It's not, no. <laughs> like... 
it's fine. It's fine. Mm. It's a, like I I didn't dislike it. It's kind of pavementy. You know, really? I love pavement. Yes, listen to it. It sounds pavementy. It's noisier but not than in pavement, like, though. It's noisier than pavement. But like I was like, well, yeah, and I'm supposed I love pavement, but I don't love this. <laughs> it's like a little <laughs> Cheryl Crowy, like in the Amer like the Americana stuff kind of reminded me of that. And like, I don't know. Like I, I I get it, but again, I don't understand why this is end of year worthy. That's my thing. Like I I do like I understand why you like it. Can we refer I, to our previous answer? <laughs> I, I think yeah we just like it a lot pressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's, 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 it's a... we are we are old and stuck in our ways I am old and stuck in my ways as well that's why we're here <laughs> that's why we do this <laughs> yeah. but I just it's a kind of indistinguishable to me from mm. all the other you know it, bands that do this I, I will say it's very hard to kind of um judge a record like Sudan Archives and, and Why Bonnie by the same kind of well, you know, I, I arbitrary don't, list. I don't. Exactly. How how do you <laughs> choose where to put that on a list? Maybe maybe you've listened to Why Bonnie more because Sudan Archives is really right. dense and cerebral and you kind of need to be in the right frame of mind. So yeah, I mean I guess you know it's not like 15 places on my top 20s reserved for you know cardigan wearing acoustic guitar wielding yeah. folky people with beards i mean it just it often happens that way but it's um yeah this isn't even on my list but i really i really loved it it was a, it was a good record it would be on my top 30 top 40 for sure there's too much music it's overwhelming but there is that's yeah. ranking it as this is why subjective we're here. bullshit we're here to yeah, we're, we're here, here to, to help, help the people. everyone else. Yeah. But I'm at what cost, Joe? At what cost? Right, exactly. at what cost? <laughs> I've never listened to music again. This yeah. has been stressful. <laughs> yeah. So let's wrap this part of the show up. Um, in conclusion, music, there's there's a lot of it. Probably too much. <laughs> the end. And that some is, of it is all. fun, and some of us don't like fun. And, uh, <laughs> and that's about it. And join um, us for part two. Yeah, join us for more, more fun. <laughs> and games and music more music guys we've got to listen to oh, even God. more but it'll be it'll be hey. good we're going to have a second wind and we're going to enjoy it okay so please join us come back 